I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the Fourth Trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth Trimester Care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. When I first became pregnant, I had never heard of postpartum doulas, let alone knew what they did. So much of the training and preparation that expecting parents do is focused on the birth and newborn care. Once baby is born, often the first interaction parents have with the medical or child professionals, other than their first pediatrician visits, are the six-week checkups with their OBGYN. I learned so much by having someone by my side during the first few weeks. So what happens about caring for mama between birth and the six-week check-in? What are the strategies for taking care of the partner and the rest of the family while looking after your newborn? So just to get us kicked off and started, we wanted to use this first introductory podcast to talk about some of the basics. So to start us off, and I'm here with Esther Gallagher, who's a postpartum doula. Why don't we talk about just what is a doula? So generally, we think of the term doula as somebody who supports the family. And in its popular usage, mostly these days, when people hear the word doula, they think about somebody who supports families during the labor and delivery of their baby. Maybe makes a few visits prenatally and is on call for them and then shows up at the labor and birth and maybe makes a visit to process the birth afterwards. But originally, the term, which is an ancient Greek term, was applied to the woman who took care of the family after the midwife left. So midwife was responsible for pregnancy and birth, but she had to be available for pregnancy and birth. After that, while the mother was recovering and needed to stay in bed and rest and recover, breastfeed the newborn baby, and really do the intensive work of newborn care in the first several weeks, someone else was there to take care of her and also take care of the household while she was unavailable. So so that's the basic idea of birth and postpartum. So then there is a definite difference between doula and postpartum doula? These days, yes. If if you're looking for postpartum care, you have to find somebody who uses the word postpartum. Because if you just use the word doula and you noodle around, Google around, right? You're most likely going to find somebody who probably primarily does birth. You may get lucky and find somebody who does birth and postpartum care. But unless you're Googling using the keyword postpartum, you're unlikely to find postpartum doula. There's variations in what people do. And when it comes to postpartum, there are actually some choices within the realm of how you get cared for there as well. So for instance, there are women like me who do birth and postpartum care. And the postpartum care may consist of daily visits in your home where we do any number of support tasks, anything from breastfeeding support to 
cleaning out your tub and making sits bath herbs so that you can heal your perineum. Then there's night doulas who only come at night. They may or may not provide similar services to mom. They often are taking care of babies while parents sleep. Um, maybe they're also preparing foods or doing household tasks. Um, so as you can see, like there's, there's the whole 24 hours could be covered. Um, and most postpartum doulas have some degree of flexibility in terms of how they'll work with you, um, when they'll work for how long. So they may or may not come in days after you've delivered. Uh, they may be willing to provide services to you any time during the fourth trimester up to say three or even six months after you've given the baby. So there's quite a bit of vision and these things require that you have some idea of what to ask when you're interviewing somebody who says they provide postpartum care. Okay, great. That's a perfect overview uh, because when I was starting out looking for someone, I didn't really have a lot of that information. I thought, mm, I want care. I want support. I want emotional support for this whole process, as well as some practical advisory type support. And to be honest, I was typing things into Google, like, what is the difference between a midwife and a and doula? Because I honestly didn't know. It's not something that I don't think people research much until they come down to their own decision. Right. And those are really great questions asked because talking about when we ask the question, what's the difference? The difference is scope of practice. This is a phrase you're going to hear when you go out into the world of uh, care providers and Scope of practice is a good phrase to know because you can actually ask someone who's either a midwife or a doula or even your obstetrician when you go visit them and say, what do you consider your scope of practice? And that's a great open-ended question. You're going to learn a lot about what they think they're there to do with you and when and how. In a nutshell, what is the main difference between a midwife and a doula? The scope of practice of a midwife includes medical care, right? So they are going to be checking your blood pressure, checking your temperature, um, making sure you're gaining the proper weight, making sure that... So a midwife is someone who takes medical responsibility for her clients. She's concerned with the underlying physiological health of her clients in addition to emotional and social. Doulas don't take that kind of responsibility for their clients. It's not that they might not be aware of the physiological parameters of a healthy birth and postpartum, but they're not there to actually address those issues. Certainly a doula who has background and training and experience to alert her to anything that looks like a health issue in her clients is going to refer you to the appropriate person with the appropriate scope of practice. And a doula might be somebody that you call up and say, gee, I noticed today that um, my hands are really swollen. What do you think? But those are the sorts of questions that ultimately you would refer to your medical care provider, whether it's your midwife or your obstetrician. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so when someone is thinking about what they want for their birth, midwife and doula are not interchangeable. No, they're not. You can still have a doula at your home birth with your midwife or your clinic birth with your midwife um, or your hospital birth with your midwife, depending on what kind of midwife you have. But you would still 
need, in my opinion, somebody to attend your birth who has the experience and training and is licensed to have the scope of practice that takes responsibility for you and your baby and your physiological well. And is there a place where someone could go to see if their midwife is licensed? Oh, sure. Anybody who's out there now practicing midwifery either is a certified nurse midwife or a licensed midwife. And either of those licenses be something that you'd be able to access. What would be interchangeable then would be having a doctor present or a midwife present at the birth. You can choose in California between an obstetrician and either a certified nurse midwife, which are nurses who have degree in midwifery and who usually, but not always, practice in a hospital setting. Or you can choose a nurse midwife or a licensed midwife who will attend you in your own home. Great. If you want to have a home birth. And of course, it's possible to have a doctor and a doula, a midwife and a doula present mm-hmm. uh, to see the before and after of the entire process. The reason why people choose doulas these days is so that they can have a continuity of care that particularly in a hospital setting, they won't be availed of. So for instance, you go into labor, you go to the hospital that you just decided to have your baby and the doctors and the nurses and the midwives will all be doing shift work. So at some point, they'll have to go home (laughs) and then a new shift will come on. Your doula typically will stay with you during the whole course of labor. They will come to your home in early labor and attend you there before it's even time to go to the hospital. And they'll be there to help you make decisions about when to go to the hospital. So that's the main difference in terms of the kind of care you're going to be available is that your doula is there sort of on call for you in a way that Typically, your medical care providers can't be and aren't. Great. What are the pros and cons between different types of doulas? I know you mentioned a night doula. I mean, what is that? So um, night doulas are typically now certified. They've taken a postpartum doula course, right? Or they should maybe be calling themselves a doula. It's hard to say. Some people just have a lot of experience, maybe a lot of collateral training. For instance, maybe they've taken breastfeeding support courses or nutrition courses or baby care, CPR, all those sorts of courses that kind of set them up to be great care providers. And the main difference between a night doula and a day doula is when they work, right? That a night doula is typically going to come say around 10 p.m. and stay till maybe around 6 a.m. They're going to be in your home the whole time. And if you're awake and need some breastfeeding support, hopefully they have the kind of training and experience that will allow them to give you good breastfeeding support. Just like a day doula, hopefully they have the kind of training and experience that they'll give you good breastfeeding support. Um, They may be able to help you troubleshoot breastfeeding issue that you might pursue with a lactation consultant a day if necessary, for instance. Hopefully they'll bring you snacks in the middle of the night. I mean, new moms are always hungry. I hope that if you have someone who calls themselves a doula, that they'll be sure that you're well nourished. It's unlikely that you'll be bathing at night for instance. So 
a shower or a sits bath is probably not something that you do while your nighttime doula is there, but you never know. If you only have a nighttime doula and not a daytime doula, maybe that person will set you up with a sits bath if that's something that would be really you. But generally, the idea is that you're going to have support with your new baby. By the way, newborns are often awake a lot in the night, right? They sleep in all newborns sleep in short bursts throughout the 24 hours. And so your nighttime doula is somebody who's going to help you accustom yourself to sleeping at night and your baby at night. Now, different doulas, whether day or night, have different philosophies about things like how to follow your baby versus, say, getting your baby on a school. So that's a question you're going to want to ask a potential doula, whether they're a daytime. What's your philosophy of newborn care? What's your philosophy of parent care? These are open-ended questions so that you're not leading (laughs) your doula down a path. You're getting a sense of who she thinks she is in this world and how she comports herself and what she thinks is important for you. And that's just a good thing to find out. Um, when you're looking to be supported in the postpartum. Now, what I hear from people often is they have no idea what they want or need. And without interviewing an array of doulas, you might think the first person you interview has the perfect person for you. They really want to encourage those of you out there who are pregnant to get on this project early and think about possibilities and hear from as many doulas as you get the chance to about how they comport themselves because it's like so many life. We all have a philosophy and we all comport ourselves along the lines of those values and philosophy. And so that may fit really nicely with you, the first person who you call up. But if it's not going to, it would be nice to have found out that before your postpartum and not afterwards. And let me just say, it is so important to start looking early if you know this is something that you even may want to do, because doulas have schedules that are filled up because the window around the birth has to be uh, pretty flexible. Am I right? Yes. Right. So if you're looking into having a birth and postpartum doula, which is a wonderful form of continuity of care, um, you know, that doula may only take two or three birth clients a month. And that means they're going to be on call a lot. So the amount of bandwidth they're going to have for also providing daytime postpartum care might start to shrink the more clients they've booked. Mm. If you get them early and you find out that they're available and you know how many births they're they're typically taking, that's good information. Yeah. So when I first started looking, I knew I wanted emotional support. I wanted support during the birth itself. Being a first-time mom, you know, it's for a lot of people, for myself, I should, I can certainly say there is a, a bit of terror inside of me about the physical process. A lot of joy, overwhelming amount of joy, but you know, some some uncertainty there. And it felt good to me to know that I was supported by my husband, by my doctor, but also by someone else who'd seen hundreds and hundreds of births and had seen all different flavors of complications and had that experience. Uh, someone who's seasoned and able to talk me through you know, what it, what it was that was happening, what the options are in addition to 
what I was hearing and receiving from the other professionals that were there. So um, that was pretty fantastic for me. Now, I didn't even know what a postpartum doula was, like I said. And now when I talk to my friends about the whole birth process for me, I say to them, if I had to choose between having a birth doula and a postpartum doula, I would choose postpartum care any day of the week. It was so impactful for me because although Esther, you were quite helpful for me during the birth, you know, that time period uh, right after you get home is just so emotional. Um, it's exhausting. It's wonderful. It's different from anything that that I'd ever experienced. And so having that support from someone who was able to anticipate my needs, anticipate my husband's and my baby's needs was far beyond anything I'd, I'd anticipated. So I think the main thing that I would want new parents to consider is the postpartum care aspect because it is surprisingly beneficial for anyone who's not familiar with um, even the concept uh, like I was. What inspired you to become a doula? Well, it's a long story, but in a nutshell, a big nutshell, (laughs) um, I was inspired to become a postpartum doula when I had my daughter. Um, I was a young mother and I was determined to have a home birth and was able to find a midwife and, you know, had a relatively healthy pregnancy and the labor and birth went well. For the most part, a little, a little minor hemorrhaging, well handled at home by the midwife and her, her um, apprentice. And um, then I had the postpartum midwifery visits, were, which were essentially clinical, but also helpful in, in an emotional way. And my midwife did provide me with some little healing tips and helped with a couple of things. But really, she was there for an hour or two to just check in and make sure everybody was okay, which we were, most part. I mean, you know, she definitely kind of helped me with the fact that I had really sore nipples and kind of said, Things like, you know, it's going to get better, <laughs> things like that. And, um, but I didn't have family members who could stay long term. I didn't have family members who were well versed in the sorts of issues that I might have. I have a wonderful mother and she showed up for three days, which is all she could take off of work. And it was just lovely to have her. And it was a, a real heartbreaker when she had to like, I was just bereft that you know, she was going to be gone. Um, and then I was really left mostly on my own with a partner who just happened to not know much about what was going on. Um, and the challenging moments were really in some ways desperately challenging. And I didn't know much about what was appropriate from one day to the next in my recovery. Uh, I was young and strong and it all went relatively well. But I did feel like looking back that there was some mood disorder that somebody who had been around on a day-to-day basis might have been able to lag and get me to some resources that would have helped. Um, for instance, uh, somebody might have been able to tell me what appropriate exercise be for me. Nobody did. Um, nobody was doing any sort of mother care other than the midwifery visits, but on a day-to-day basis. And nobody was there to say, this is really normal for today. And this is what's what you can expect tomorrow. 
without loading me up with too much information. And then the next day say, okay, this is what's happening today. And this is what we pretend what nobody was there to say, call me at 3 a.m. If you're, you know, really worried about anything and we talk about whether it's normal or not. So those are just the sorts of things that I didn't have. And a few months later, <laughs> I was chatting with my new best friend who also had a newborn baby. And we were talking about this postpartum trajectory and how amazing and fraught it was. And um, because she was an apprentice midwife and sort of lived in the world that was looking into these things, she said, well, yeah, there's this thing called a doula and they're sort of about postpartum, the postpartum era. And, you know, yeah, we have these people in Santa Cruz where I lived, or there's one woman who's interested in this stuff and she works in this realm. And I thought, why didn't I know about this, right? Much like you, 31 years later, 38 years later, right? You still have the same question, interestingly. And I hear this all the time. You know, 37 years ago when I had my daughter, I thought, gee, by the time my daughter's an adult, this will be common practice. Everyone will have a midwife and a doula and postpartum care. And the whole culture will understand what new mothers need and what mother care is. And here I am 37 years later doing this work. And while there are many more birth doulas, that's for sure, and several more postpartum doulas in much of the United States, they don't exist. Even if people know the word, they don't exist. There aren't trained women who how to provide care. So slowly but surely, I set about doing my life in light of the fact that I look around me and see women not being cared for. Now, after they've completed a pregnancy and are now dealing with and your bodies have gone profound changes and are going through in some ways even more profound changes after having had a baby. I've just gotten very involved in this and so have a lot of other women who find this very compelling the way I do. So that's what brought me to this work. I think there's a whole social, emotional, and what I would call a spiritual component to this of finding ways to be present for each other when we're going through profound transitions that um, just doesn't get addressed by the medical community naturally. I mean, I'm not sure why it would, <laughs> but um, but I think it's there to be held and supported and be present for. And um, I think it's all important stuff. So that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, not a very small nudge. <laughs> you know, I signed up for every single class that was offered by the hospital. I attended the, the courses. I did prenatal yoga. I had a lot of information at my fingertips. And uh, the one thing that seemed to be a bit of a gap for me that I was Googling on my own was specifically topics around doula support and, you know, postpartum support uh, that wasn't even top of mind for me. A lot of the courses were focused on how do you take care of a newborn? And what is the birth process? What does it look like end to end when you're in the hospital? What are they going to do? And even within those courses, they weren't specifying what was optional and what was not. I found that pretty fascinating. Their best practice was communicated as standard rather than, you know, an option for doing something one way or another. I think the thing that might be helpful for our listeners now would be maybe to point them in a the direction. So if someone is interested and speaking to a doula and getting information, where do they start? How do they find someone? Well, 
I think in urban areas these days, doulas have really caught on. And often there are doula groups. So for instance, in San Francisco, we have the San Francisco doula group and you can just Google us and you'll go right to a website and um, we're a professional organization. So uh, the women who are part of our organization are independent workers, but they've sort of met minimum criteria for being part of our group. And you go to a website and there's several women and you can click on any one of them and find out a little bit about her and maybe go to her own professional website and in any case, get her contact information, find out what kind of care she provides and look her up and ask to speak with her. And I would say that generally that's the way you're going to find a doula in any community. There are often more than one doula group. There might be doula groups that are just birth. Maybe there's just postpartum groups. Maybe there are uh, groups that not only provide these services, but provide them to specific populations. For instance, there's um, a Bay Area group that identifies as providers who are LGBT. So they are not only themselves self-identified, but they have gone to work to be well-resourced to provide services to LGBT families. You know, that leads me to an interesting side note, which is, you know, people who are in an adoption process may think, well, what does this have to do with me? Well, you are going to have a new person in your family, and that is going to be a really big trajectory in your life. Not only the process of bringing the baby home, but then the process of getting to know the baby within your home system. And there are doulas like myself who will happily come to you and support you in that transition. So this is about family making inclusive of any kind of family that you're trying to have. When people listen to me, they tend to hear how important it is to me to provide mother care to a biological mother. But I have much experience in providing care to parents who haven't necessarily gestated a baby in a womb of their own. But I think that the process of bringing a baby home is a gestation, however metaphorical. And so I think it's important to potential parents to know that this is a broad source of support. And I will circle around and say that I think it's important to women who are going to be giving birth that they understand that their body, minds, and spirits are going to be going through profound changes. Mm -hmm. And so... um, the evolution of postpartum care is an evolution from that core principle. There are profound changes going on for this woman who has given birth. And even if someone is living in a not very built up urban environment, um, they could probably get a lot of support just by speaking with someone on the phone on a regular basis or having a Skype call, some kind of internet video call. I think that could be very useful as well. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, there are all kinds of ways. Not only that, perhaps you have family members who have come forward or friends and said, oh, we want to help any way we can. Now, (laughs) they no doubt have 
vague ideas in their minds about how that's going to happen. Um, they think if they just show up, they'll figure it out. And that may or may not be really great for you. It's really probably a great idea to look into what would a doula be doing for me? How would that work? And is there a way for that eager family member or friend to learn a thing or two about how they could actually really help me? And let's talk about what is a typical day with a doula visit in the first, say, week or so. Mm -hmm. What are those practical things? So those practical things are nourishment, (laughs) right, in the forms of nutrition and nurturing. Okay, so I have... Uh, my friend Mindy and I came up with this phrase for our uh, erstwhile cookbook that still hasn't been published. Um, nutrition plus nurture equals nourishment, right? So there's nourishment for the soul and there's nourishment for the body. And the two can be in one nice package. So um, nutrition means, you know, um, nutrient-dense foods. Foods that a mom can eat that are really going to support her healing and recovering trajectory. And we are not talking about empty calories here, people. We're talking about good, strong proteins, good, healthy fats, lots of vegetables of every variety and not limiting the amounts. So that's nutrition, right? Um, nurturing is in the form of A, recognizing that this is a vulnerable soul, very vulnerable, very wide open because she has a new baby or they have new babies and recognizing their need for for sleep, which they can only have when a baby sleeps. If that baby's awake, those parents are awake. Babies don't sleep eight hours at night. They sleep 20 minutes to three hours at the most intermittently throughout the 24 hours. And they're not on the schedule for that. So noticing when a baby is asleep and reminding the mother, okay, now's your chance to have some rest and respite and helping her get there by not talking more, by not doing more, by not expecting she's going to be on any longer. Um, These are good supportive practices. Um, being available to bring that nourishment to her or set up that nourishment in such a way that it it's there when she needs it. Um, all, there's all kinds of tricks for that. Um, and then really taking care of the home so that she doesn't have to. Cleaning the bathroom, keeping it, you know, keeping the bathroom clean and keeping the kitchen clean so that when she does happen to walk out to go to the fridge to get a snack. She doesn't look around and go, oh, my God, a bomb's just been dropped in my house, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say she, that could be anybody, really. I'm using that pronoun, but that could be any parent who's really trying to take the time to heal, recover, and be in the love bubble of getting to know their newborn infant and learn who they are and what they need. Perfect. Thank you so much for the overview. (laughs) I think we've learned so much even in this conversation. So we're going to sign off and I'll say thank you very much. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you, Sarah. This is so nice.
You can find out more about Esther Gallagher on estergallagher.com. You can also subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone, and I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband, Ben, daughter, Penelope, and baby girl, Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now. Hello again, bicycle man I know you're doing all that you can I wrote the song, simple and true I wrote the song, I'll sing a song for you You got your wheels, you got your gears you ride around town without any fear. You got your pedals, you got your brakes. You always wear your helmet for safety's sake. song I sing a song for you